Hello and welcome to Parenting with Play. I'm Helena Mooney and I'm here to help you transform your everyday parenting challenges using connection and fun. So today we're going to talk about picky eating. How's your child eating? How's their habits around dinner time? Is, is dinner time a battle? Are you struggling to get your child to eat enough food or to eat the right food? It can be really stressful, can't it? And you can think that your child's never going to develop healthy eating habits, that perhaps they're going to suffer um, because they're not going to eat enough. And it can just turn in to an absolute battle. So if you're experiencing this with any of your children, I so understand. Um, and as most things that I share on this podcast, it's because I've experienced it myself. So um and then I also learned how aware parenting and the parenting by connection approach can really help transform meal times and make things go from being a real battleground where both of you are just getting so annoyed with each other and your child is refusing even more as you get more cross about things to it no longer being an issue and that your child just is happy at dinner times and will eat the food normally. So let's look at what's going on for your child. Why is your child struggling to eat normally in the first place? Well, as parents, we want them to eat healthy food, don't we? And so when our children start to eat, I wonder how you fed them initially, how you fed your child. Did you do spoon feeding um, and starting off on cereal, you know, the, um, the rice cereal? What's it called? Yeah, the rice cereal, uh, baby rice cereal. Or did you do something like baby led weaning where your child can just pick up and choose what they want to eat and when they want to eat? Now, many people who do follow this approach, um, the aware parenting approach, do follow a baby led weaning approach because we want to help our children have a sense of autonomy around how much they want to eat and what they want to eat and when they want to eat it. And also it just normalizes food. Now, obviously, you need to be cautious about you know, not whole grapes and all that sort of stuff about, um, you know, suitable food for your for your little baby, essentially toddler. But obviously that changes as your child gets older and then they can eat more. But from a very little, very young age, your child can start to eat normal food with you. And yes, it's a complete mess. Um, and our dog actually died. Uh, we've got a new one since, but our dog at the time died when my son was six months old. And obviously we were devastated about Skip dying. But I had an extra layer of um, sadness because Skip would uh, pick eat up all the food that uh, my son dropped on the floor and then he died and then I had to clean it. So baby led weaning is obviously messy, but it's it's really satisfying and rewarding and fun. And it helps children really experience food because when children sort of like uh, can get a bit funny about the senses and the types of food and they don't like types of foods when their children can really get involved in their food when they can really play with their food Do you remember being told off for playing with your food when you were younger I certainly was but when they're little playing with their food is actually really helpful because we need to engage all of our senses when we're eating obviously the sight of the food for us, you know, when we're older, increasingly the smell of the food as we're older, we don't really touch it, but many cultures do eat with their hands. And there's often satisfying times when we do eat with our hands rather than having more clinical knife and fork, tidy knife and fork. But for children, it's really important. 
And you've probably heard lots of advice about how to help your child with picky eating. So hopefully what I'm going to share is in addition to that, but it's also helpful to cover the basics too. So helping your child to letting your child play with their food at the mealtime is really helpful. And I know it can be messy and I know it can be really annoying, but it's it's made way more rewarding and satisfying for your child. And the more that they can engage with food and enjoy its texture, its smell, everything about it, then they're much more likely to want to eat it and, and to engage with it in a really healthy way. So setting yourself up for success early on really helps and allowing your child to really experience their food. Now, when my daughter was little, I it was very stressful meal times. And initially I started off putting her in the bumbo on the table and feeding her the rice cereal. And then after a while, I then changed to baby lead weaning because it just felt better for me. But even still, even with doing things what I thought was right with baby lead weaning, we still entered into a stage of battle uh, when I after, when she was about one, I would say. And um, she, it, food dinner times just became really stressful because she would not eat as much food as I wanted her to eat. And I had people around me saying she needs to be eating more food. They were a bit worried about her weight, even though she was a perfectly thriving, healthy little girl. So it, I became, being a first-time mum, you know, we can get much more worried first time, first time around, can't we? Because we think catastrophe is going to happen if we don't do things as we've been told that we need to do. And I was convinced that um, Emily was just going to end up really short, malnourished and sort of emaciated the way that everybody else was carrying around me. So I then got very pressured. I felt very stressed about it. And, I'm, and I speak to so many mums where there is real stress about getting food into their child. Um, and it can turn into a real battleground. And there's pressure on us as mums and dads, but to get more food into ch children. And so then what happens is then you focus purely on getting more food into your child. And when you focus on that, you sort of lose sight of what's actually going on for your child and what's helpful for your child and connecting with your child because you just really want to get food in there. So often parents, and you might well have done this before, so as ever, anything I say that you've done, um, there is to be no shame and no judgment around it. We all do things. Um, but, you know, you might be thinking, well, the only way I can get my child to eat is by them watching TV. So let's pop the TV on and then I can just get food into them without them really realizing it. So on one hand, your goal has been achieved in that your child is eating the food. And so then they're receiving the nourishment from the food. But what are they losing in the process? They're losing engagement with the food directly from themselves. And they're losing touch with themselves. Do they like the food? How much of the food do they want to eat? When do they want to eat it? Have they had enough? We want children to stay in in tune, in touch with their with their appetite, with their likes and their dislikes. We want them to to notice when they're full and to have enough. Now, uh, I grew up in the seventies and eighties, and it was very much the case that you had to finish everything on your plate. Um, and then we didn't. My parents didn't do this, but at the time there was 
terrible famine in Africa. And so it was very much the pressure on was on, well, there's starving children in Africa. You need to eat what's on your plate. And so many of us have grown up with this belief that we have to eat everything on our plate. Otherwise, something terrible is going to happen to somebody else on the other side of the world or that we're being ungrateful for the amount of food that we have. And so many of us lose touch with our actual natural appetites. And Aletha Salter, who founded Aware Parenting, she's one thing she does talk about regulation. She doesn't talk about emotional regulation because, well, for other reasons, I'll tell you about that later in another episode, but because children need us to help them with their emotions rather than them regulating that themselves. But the one thing children, it is important for children to be able to regulate themselves is food. Is there has staying in touch with their appetite, recognizing when they're hungry and when they're full. And if we start spoon feeding young children so that they just eat, so that they're in front of the TV and they're eating mindlessly, that doesn't set them up well to not do mindless eating when they're older. We want, we you know, as adults, many of us have to go, actually, I'm full, even though I really want to keep eating, but I'm full. And so as adults, we often have to learn, okay, to recognize the signs of when we need to stop eating. So by you allowing your child to stay in touch with their appetite when they're little, you're setting up them really well for as they get older. The other thing is that if you're spoon feeding your child all the time, they don't get that sense of body autonomy. And it's really important that they get a sense of autonomy. So yes, to stay in touch with their appetite, but also to stay in touch with, do they want to eat it or not? And you might have great visions about the beautiful organic food that your children are gonna eat and it's all gonna be super healthy. I was like that to begin with. And then you recognize after a while, well, sometimes they don't like what it is you're giving them um, and they would like to have something else. So it's really important to help our children to stay in tune with what they like, how much they're going to eat it. Now, as to when they eat it, obviously you have meal times, and there's various schools of thought about whether you encourage children to and adults to snack throughout the day and to graze throughout the day, or whether you actually have three set meal times. So obviously you need to get comfortable about what you want to do in your family, but it is helpful to have that pattern of eating. You, you need to think about your needs and you don't want to be providing food throughout the day. So to encourage your child to then sit with you at meal times and eat their food then is important and it's something that they will get into a habit of. So don't feel that you always need to go, okay, my child's really starving right now, I'm going to do it, uh, and then have dinner later on. Incorporate it all into the day and work and figure out what works for you. But if your child is really struggling and they're really refusing to eat and you're giving them the options, you might have lots of tasting plates on the table and that they can pick and put what they choose what they want to put on their plate. You might also have heard about helping children get, you know, get help you prepare the food. So getting them in the kitchen. And I know it can seem like you've got a million things to do. You just need to get dinner on the table. Come on. But taking that extra bit of time, allowing them to do some chopping to put things on the plate, perhaps make it look really pretty on the plate. Even though it's extra time consuming, it really does make a difference. You know, the times when I've resisted it, it really does make a difference. So if you can incorporate your children into helping prepare the food, to lay it on the table, and to be really involved in the process, that is going to help with the picky eating. But if you're sort of doing all of that, or elements of it, and your child is still refusing to eat, how are you finding things? Are you in that battleground where you really just want to get your children to eat? And are you in that 
focusing of getting them to eat really to the detriment of the dynamic that's going on between you and your child. Because if you've got to that point, I'm really glad you're listening to this. Because maybe you have also tried instead of sort of as well as spoon feeding in front of the TV, maybe you're looking at how to do rewards. So you're rewarding going, okay, the classic obviously is well, you can't have pudding or dessert until you've eaten your mains. So eat your mains and then you can have pudding. And yes, that incentivizes your children to eat their mains. But again, is that helping them to stay in touch with what they, how they're feeling, their natural appetite? And is it setting up sweet treats to be seen as a real reward and to have that sort of cachet of a real reward, which is, is it's everywhere. There's sweets and everything everywhere. So of course you're not gonna ever totally avoid that. But if you, within the confines of your family can go, okay, I don't want to use pudding as a reward because most of us struggle with only wanting to eat sweet stuff and we know that that's not healthy for us. So helping your children to enjoy the main food, main course food in its, for its, its own sake, rather than it being a reward. <clears throat> also, perhaps you're using it as a punishment that you've just got to sit at the table. This is something that happened in the 70s and 80s. When I was growing up, you just had to sit at the table until you finished eating. And we all found ways of being very inventive, especially having the dog just surreptitiously chuck things on the floor or um, you know, hide it under a knife or, I don't know, under a napkin or something, whatever. Um, but again, that might again achieve the end goal of your child eating the meal or getting very clever at concealing the fact that they haven't eaten the meal. But again, is that helping your child stay in touch with their natural appetite? Is it helping them to enjoy and appreciate the flavors and the food on the plate? It doesn't. And likewise with rewards, you're incentivizing them. But again, it's not really allowing them to have a good relationship with food themselves. So in absence of rewards, punishments, TV, you might then be thinking, well, what can I do? Because if, if you've got to that battle point where you're trying to force your child to feed, to eat and you're probably getting really stressed about it, which then means that you get even more anxious about getting the food in. And what happens is you then become into this fight. And often when we try and dominate another person, the other person can instinctively refuse. And the more that you insist, the stronger their refusal becomes. And so then for your child, you've become so focused on getting food into them, your child then becomes really focused on exerting an amount of control that they have and that they get to refuse. And with food in particular, there's so many other aspects of our children's lives that we can just force them to do. We can pick them up and put them in the car and just shove them in if we really needed to. But you can't really shove food into a child's mouth and make them swallow it. You can, but we're not doing that, obviously. So having control over their food is one area that children can really, really control. And we want to help them feel that they have so much control whilst also encouraging them to eat. So if you're trying to force them and they're maintaining this, nope, I'm not eating, I'm not eating, I'm not eating, you're just stuck in this cycle, this, this loop of increasing annoyance where you're both getting more and more annoyed at each other and more and more entrenched in your, in your position. And sure, you could then ultimately force your child to eat, but at what cost? Now, with 
So what you want to do is you want to break that cycle of that fighting each other and you want to bring some play and play is the best thing to overcome picky eating. Because as I said, you don't want to do rewards. You don't want to do punishments. The TV is really not that helpful. And ultimately, you don't want to let your child starve. And just on that, children are not going to starve themselves. Your child, if you're so worried that they're not eating enough food, know that your child is not going to starve themselves. When they are hungry, they will then eat. So you might be so worried, and they're not eating, they're not eating enough. But if they're running around, if they're still really vibrant, they're getting enough food. And we actually, as is we can get really worried and think that they need to eat more actually than they do. And also with children, they might have days where they're just not that hungry. And then other days where they're just ravenous and eating everything in sight. And that by helping our children to stay in touch with their bodies, they get a sense of like, no, I'm done now. And so even if there's something really delicious cake, they'll go, mm, I've had a few mouthfuls. Yeah, I'm done. And I'm off. And because there isn't that real incentive going, well, you've just got to eat the cake now. Come on. <clears throat> Otherwise it goes. When we can bring a relaxed attitude to food, they are going to be much more relaxed about it and not, I mean, obviously they're going to get very excited about sweet stuff, but they're not going to have that. It's not going to have as strong a lure as it otherwise would. So start to trust your child's appetite as well. And don't worry for a couple of days, they're actually not that hungry. Like my son is six and he often comes home from school and he hasn't really eaten that much in his lunchbox. And yeah, then I can feed him a really nutritious meal at home. And that's probably enough because he does get engaged. And yes, children can get hangry, but often when they when you can, the more you can help your child with their upset feelings, the less hangry they're going to be because when we get a bit stressed, all those upset feelings that are bubbling up underneath, they come up and out. But if you're helping your child on a regular basis with their feelings, they'll just get hungry rather than all the emotions necessarily behind it. So play. Let's talk about play. So with play, you want to diffuse the tension that has been going on between you and your children. You don't you want to release it. And you just want to bring some silliness, some playfulness back to dinner time so that you both enjoy it. Because right now you're probably not enjoying mealtimes. They're probably a real struggle and you're really over it. So the play is brilliant for your child and and it's really good for you, too, because the giggling releases tension for your child and it releases the tension for you. And you've probably got quite a bit of tension going on because you've been trying really hard to feed your child and give them really lovely food and they're just resisting and resisting. And so then there's battleground and you're in that cycle and oh, you'll have quite a few feelings about it. So what sort of play can you do? The play that you wanna do is really silly. You just wanna be silly and you wanna sort of look Give your child a sense that they are being in control, <clears throat> because when people become really inflexible, when they become aggressive and they absolutely down and out refuse to do anything you tell them to do, that's because they're coming from a sense of powerlessness. And when you come from a sense of powerlessness, you try and then find any form of opportunity to control anything. And that's what your child is doing. They're controlling that you are not going to force them to eat. And you are also coming from a sense of powerlessness because you are desperately trying to get your child to eat and they are refusing and there's nothing else you can do. And you are feeling really powerless as well, which means that you're probably getting more agitated, perhaps a bit shouty or one of being punitive because you're coming from a sense of powerlessness. 
So when you can play silly, silly, stupid games together and you both laugh, you're both releasing tension about feeling powerless. And the games I'm going to share with you will help your child to feel powerful again. And the fact then that your child will then start to eat will then help to release the tension that you have that your child hasn't been eating in the past. So a great game is just putting food on the spoon. And yes, your child by now may be perfectly capable of feeding themselves, but that's not the issue. The issue is, is you want to find a way to connect with your child. So it could be that you start feeding them and you're not going to keep needing to do this on a regular basis. This is an opportunity for you to, co to connect, to play. And then once you move through this, your child's going to feed themselves perfectly fine. So you put some, I don't know, peas and pasta on the spoon, for example, and you go to feed them and you go to put the spoon in the mouth or no, you, you get the spoon with the food. And then you suddenly become this clueless mummy and you're going, I don't know where this goes. Does it go in your ear? And they might start to look a bit amused at you, but maybe and you're, you're being playful. Uh, does it go under your arm? Does it go in your bottom? Always hilarious. Always talk about bottoms. Guaranteed to bring a smile and a laugh. And you and you just be really silly and like you're being really clueless. I don't know where this spoon goes. What happens then is your child then starts to feel powerful because they know exactly where that spoon goes. It goes in their mouth. And I've done this with both of my children and obviously had clients do this with their children. And what not often happens is after you being silly and some giggles, is your child will grab your hand with the spoon on it and put it in their mouth to show you exactly where the spoon goes. And then we'll chomp down on all the food. It's really simple and it's very funny. And <clears throat> even if later on your child just starting to be a bit antsy at dinner time and you know you've got through the picky eating stage just play that game again it just only needs to take a couple you're both giggling and then you're both off and running another great game with the spoon is you can do that do the I don't know where this goes and then which is my son really loved this one actually both of them loved this one you say you've got the spoon and the pasta on your spoon again sorry, the pea and the pasta on your screen again, you then might go, I'm not going in there. You might, you voice, you be the voice of like the pea. I'm not going to go in there. Look at that. That's so scary. Oh my God. They've got teeth. Ah, don't eat me. Oh my God. I'm so scared. And again, your child will then feel really powerful and take great delight in grabbing the spoon, putting it in their mouth, and chomping down on this protesting pea and pasta. <laughs> and then you can do, you know, final death throes of, ah, as your child eats. So it's silly. Your child knows <laughs> you're voicing it, but they get an opportunity to be powerful. You both get to be really silly. You both get to have a laugh. And after, after a while, the tension will dissipate. Now, will it dissipate after one meal? Not necessarily. It depends on how long this has been going on for. So you might need to do it for a few times and maybe just do one game to start off with. And if that's enough, great. And then save the second game for another time. But the more you do it, after a while, you'll just start to notice that it's no longer an issue. If it is, then start to play um, play it again. If it comes back, just play it again or just being really silly. And probably what will happen, which is what happens in most situations about games, is that your child might come up with a game of their own or together you'll come up with a game together that's your own, that's just sparked. So the, 
always when I offer game suggestions, I've received it from other people and it comes and that you can take it on and then it just mutates and then you just come up with these other silly, silly things. But the key is to be silly, to laugh, to connect and to have fun. It makes makes mealtimes fun again. Rather, you know, you're no longer in that battle where you're forcing your child and they're just resisting for dear life. You just, it dissolves everything. And then, and then bedtimes, and then mealtimes are just enjoyable. Your child will then, after a while of you doing that a few times, then they'll just carry on eating um, themselves and, and they'll stop when they're full. And then, um, and then they'll be hungry for the next mealtime. So play, play, just let pay, play become your superpower, your parenting superpower. And if you can, try to sort of incorporate play as your first response to challenging situations. Now, obviously, if it doesn't work, then there might be some other things that might be going on. But really persist with the play. Really enjoy the play and find ways to make mealtimes enjoyable, because often you know, if they're at daycare or at school or you've been out all day, often it's like rush, 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 get dinner on, eat dinner, get them in the bath and get them to bed. So try and make that meal time really fun and connecting and silly and have fun. Now, if you want to know more about how to do play, you know, if your child then starts to have a tantrum or tears, then Doors to Annoying to Amazing, my, um, we, ah, my online program are now open. And in there, I go into real detail. You get to see videos of me um, doing various games with my children. Um, you'll have uh, mentoring calls with me, weekly mentoring calls with me. It's all inside Annoying to Amazing. So come on over to parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash um, forward slash amazing so parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash amazing and you can sign up for the program we're starting soon um and i'd love to have you in there because you'll you see just by this one thing of picky eating how you can transform these difficult situations and just think of all those other situations that you have with your kids and how play and other forms of connection can really help to turn things around and make life so much easier and more enjoyable for you all all right i hope that's helpful and i'll see you again next time